0: Log Talk Radio. Hey, everybody, welcome to Prayer International Radio. This is our Friday night broadcast. So I'm going to, sorry to interrupt the music, which we normally have to start our show, and we usually um, play worship for a little bit, Um, but I wanted to do things a little bit different tonight, and to start off this show, um, our call-in number is 619-638-8458. If you did need prayer, um, if you need prayer for something, you can give us a call. Um, the show's scheduled for two hours As always um, But I'm not sure how long It's actually um, going to last um, We'll just Pretty much go with it and see what happens So tonight um, I guess I just wanted to talk a little bit um, About that um, Relationship word We talk about here on the show Um not between people, but between us and him. And you know, I was um the other night I was listening, um, watching YouTube and I found this video by Catherine Coleman and who was a preacher, um what seems like a very long time ago. And she was talking about the Holy Spirit, and her relationship with the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I grew up, well, your phrase, I was going to say I grew up in church, but I really didn't grow up in church. I didn't start going to church until probably um, the middle of high school. Um, through a lot of different circumstances, um, God ordering and ordaining, um in making a way and it just so happens putting me in a church where his presence was constantly and you know there's different types of his presence and it's um it's sometimes hard to explain you know we can pull out a Hebrew or a Greek dictionary and we can look at definitions about the types of God's presence We know that he's always pretty much everywhere. I mean, his presence fills the whole earth, the whole universe, all of creation. There's never a place or a time that we will ever be that his presence isn't with us. We don't always know that, and we don't always think of him being always there. The reality is if we did, if we had an actual real understanding of what that meant, I think our lives would be um, completely different, not just the world, um, but the church, not just those who walk in an amazing anointing, but everybody in general. If we actually understood that his presence is always around every minute, every second of every day. His presence is there. There's never I'm convinced never a need to ask for his presence to be anywhere because it are are it always is. And so sometimes we just need um to have our eyes opened, you know. Jesus said that there was um people who thought they could see but they were really blind and there were other people who were blind, and he helped them see. And I firmly believe that for the most part, the church that we know and we see um, out there, uh, even among ourselves, um, doesn't really believe half of what the Bible says, um, because I think, as always, um, Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruit. And I think our lives the way we walk our walk in our lives, the way we conduct our lives, the way we uh think, the way we talk, would be completely different and transformed if we really believed what the Word of God declares, if we actually walked in it and lived in it and breathed it. And so I was watching this video about from Catherine Coleman and you know, okay, let me go back a little bit. You know, when I started going to this church, which is called Church on the Rock in Rockwall, Texas, even as an early Christian, um, you see, I had spent a majority of my life praying before I really had any clue who God was. I just knew from a really, really early age that there was a God. I probably heard it somewhere and... Not having many friends um, Growing up He was Besides my brother um, You know God was it He was the person I talked to He was the person I conversed with And Continually um, He was on my mind Far before I got saved And ever said the actual official prayer That we um, have people say But He sees the heart of people and not what's on the outside. God's not so much interested in formulas and um, rituals and dogma or any of that other stuff. None of that's really important. What really matters is what's on a man or woman's heart and whether it belongs to him, whether he can trust that heart. And so I hope for all of you out there, I hope it's okay for me to um, speak sort of frankly with you tonight. And so this this first church I went to, um, there was something really interesting about it in that whenever I was in there, um, I could just feel the presence of God, His anointing, this like special Kabod glory. In the Old Testament, it talks about how the priest and the singers and the worshipers would get into the temple and they would worship the Lord and the presence of God would descend and to such a degree that they couldn't worship any longer and the and the priest couldn't read any longer and all they could do was literally sit there or lay there or stand there in his presence. Um, their entire body, their everything about them in complete awe And, um, being completely overwhelmed by the magnitude of his presence. And so, I grew up in a, my Christian walk, um, as far as being born again. I grew up after that in a church where his presence was always there, um, as far as the special, um, overpowering anointing of his presence. And, You know, I can think of so many occasions where he met me there and where I learned so much about his presence from being there. And I've been in quite a many churches in my life where his presence was like that. Um, Sometimes it was different. Um, I can think of one church in a place called Keller, Texas. And their pastor... um, one day, um, just got up and left. He said, I'm not doing this anymore. and This isn't what God wants. And he got up and walked out. And as of right then, all the formalities, all the rituals just went out the window. And so there was only a handful of people at this church left over to figure out, okay, what do we do now? And so what they decided was they were going to um, take all the chairs and put them in a circle in the middle of the um, room and they would just sit there and talk about God and worship the Lord together. And they did have worship. They had two of their um, members um, singing and before the start of every um, service. And, and I didn't think they were the best singers, but they their hearts were were God's, and so they loved Him and. But I noticed there there wasn't the big band. There wasn't the um, anointing right when you walked in that just beckons you in to God's presence. And you had to work for it. And what I mean by work for it is is you had to learn to enter into his presence, to focus your mind and your heart upon him Without having all the extra stuff around you Without having all the extra worship And um, someone said to me that you won't always have someone to help you into the presence of God And it was true But I learned that through that experience and through the times I went to that church That you don't need anybody else to worship the Lord because it's something that pours out of your spirit. Um, There's times when we worship and we sing, and, you know, I'll find myself um, in my car listening to worship music, because I've gotten to this place that I don't want to listen to anything else. Um, There's some non-worship songs, secular songs that I love, but I think it's because those songs, too, remind me of Him. And, you know, there's this other church um, in Texas, um, in Dallas, called um, Destiny Christian Center, which is in a place called Garland, Texas. And No, actually, I'm sorry. They, I think they moved to a place called Rockwell, Texas. And this place was amazing because you literally don't even get into the sanctuary. You walk through the doors, and the presence of the Lord almost sweeps you off your feet. And you walk into the sanctuary, and there's just this sweet aroma of God's presence, as if he was just sitting in there. And it's so easy to enter into his presence there. And so, you know, my my entire life, for the most part, has always been on a quest to know him. I grew up... um, As a Christian Just assuming that I should be A um, preacher or An evangelist or something Because Whenever you're so filled with his word And you're so filled With his presence You can't help but want to share it With the entire world But it wasn't The calling That I really wanted It was him it was to really know this God who we talk about on Sundays and every day to go through the scriptures and um read the bible and see how these disciples and these ordinary men and women um who according to the world didn't have degrees and they weren't had they weren't renowned and they didn't have you know, anything that someone would look at him and be like, wow, that person has really has it all together. And, but they knew him. They saw Jesus in the flesh. Jesus who said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And I was always so envious of them. Because they literally got to be right there when he was on this earth. And always wanting the exact same thing, going into times of prayer with the Lord, where as much as the atmosphere can be amazing, as much as you can pour your heart out to the Lord, it still wasn't good enough. There was still something burning on the inside of you that said that you wanted more. And that it just wasn't good enough. And I used to have these arguments, I guess one-sided arguments with the Lord, where it's like, God, why don't you just show up? Why aren't you just here? Even though His presence is here, why can't you just physically show up and be here? Because in my mind, it was the obvious next step. It was... When you have a relationship with someone, and you know when you're when you're not married and you're single, um, all you have is the Lord, and you know it can be lonely at, at times, and it's hard to explain that. Um, but if your heart is completely given over to the Lord, and you're not married and you are single, you you probably would understand what I mean. Because you get to the point that you feel like there's nobody in the world that can relate to you Nobody can understand the feeling you have when you're spending time with him Because it's just you and him And you become insanely jealous of that relationship Where you don't want anything to come in the way You don't want anything to move it and Or to change it, because it's something that you hold almost sacred, is your relationship with God. And you come to the point that you're so completely content and happy with Him, that you're just so filled with this love for God, even though you've never actually seen Him. Because, you know, the Bible says that no one has seen God at any time except for the Son who came for the Father, which is Jesus. Which is another reason I was always so envious of the disciples. And so I wanted to talk a little bit tonight about the Holy Spirit. You know, ever since I was um, a young Christian, I grew up in a church that... um, and I was around people who always talked about the Holy Spirit and laying claim as if um, we all knew who He was, that we knew everything about Him, that almost like um, He was someone we could pull out of our pockets and we could just show Him off to the world and be like, look here, I have the Holy Spirit, and I have the Holy Spirit. Even on the show, I mean, when we're teaching... On these broadcasts Where we always make comments About how It's the same Holy Spirit That dwells in us That raised Christ Jesus From the dead Which is true And it's the same Holy Spirit That the Bible says dwells in us That was there At the beginning of the world When God Saw As it says The earth was without form And darkness Was on the face Of the earth And the spirit of God Was moving over the waters And that's the same Holy Spirit And The same Holy Spirit That the disciples talked about When they had to make a decision And they said It seemed good to the Holy Spirit And to us And we read over scriptures like that In Acts And we sort of read them so quickly That we don't really Comprehend what they're saying Is that It wasn't that they all just prayed And all just sort of felt That maybe the Holy Spirit Was okay with it It Is that they understood that he was a person That he had Thoughts And desires and emotions Like God does and like Jesus did That He had a will And So they would consult the Holy Spirit because, as I someone heard it say, is that, you know, when you're led by the Holy Spirit, as it says in, in the book of Romans, you follow. It's not that you make a bunch of decisions about your life or your ministry and you're like, I don't feel anything wrong, so the Holy Spirit must agree with it. And you don't make a whole bunch of decisions or you take a whole bunch of steps and be like, okay, Holy Spirit, is this Okay. It's that you literally wait to hear his voice. You wait for his leading, and you move whichever direction he says to move. You know, I heard um, in this video I watched by Catherine Coleman. She said something, which was that she understood What David said in the Psalms When he said Don't take Your Holy Spirit away from me And she said that He's more real Than you can imagine More real than The people that are around you Even people who be sitting in the room With you right now And I think as much as we talk about him And We can quote scriptures about him, but I think there's a different level to this relationship. And I used to always um, think as a Christian growing up, and I always have this thought pop in my head of what is possible when we talk about having a relationship with the Lord. You know, we all know the scripture that says that Jesus... When he died on the cross The veil of the temple Was torn in two The same veil that Only one high priest could go in once a year And he would be the only one Allowed in the presence of God To offer sacrifices For the sins of the people It says Jesus became our high priest Having entered in not to a tabernacle made with human hands, not behind a veil made with human hands that was there to separate the world, but he entered into the presence of the living God and offered his own blood upon the mercy seat that's in heaven so that there would be no more veil, so that there would be no more separation, so that it wouldn't be one person going into God's presence once a year But that the entire world could have free access, open access into his presence. Almost like God was giving out an invitation saying, here I am. And we know that the Bible declares that Adam and Eve walked with God. In the Garden of Eden And They saw him And they knew him And they could talk with him And they could hear his voice And God would even Come calling for them In the afternoons And he would walk through the garden Being like Adam and Eve Where are you? Because God wanted A relationship too he didn't want people that would just worship him from afar they wanted he wanted someone or people a special people who would enter into an actual relationship with him that he could have communion with and so Jesus paved away way for that upon the cross. It says that we're ambassadors of reconciliation as if God was through us pleading to the world to be reconciled. And it says that we were sealed with the Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession but what all what does all that really mean anyway it means that he's like this mark upon us that declares that we're new creatures in Christ Jesus but there's more so much more cuz then we go back to the relationship Then Jesus, who was crucified and resurrected, didn't stay on earth. But on the third day, he ascended into heaven and sat down at the right hand of his Father, where he remains for all eternity, the Lamb without spot or blemish. As it says, the Lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world, the only one worthy to open up the scrolls and to read from them so here's what Jesus said in um in the in the book of John and this is um John chapter fifteen verse thirty Verse 26 it says But when the helper Comes Whom I shall send to you From the father You know the Holy Spirit Isn't A person Or a thing That can just be conjured at will. You don't You can't just go from person to person And just give away the Holy Spirit Because he doesn't belong to you he doesn't belong to me. He's literally God. And the Spirit here on earth dwelling among us. This is, but when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And you also will bear witness Because you have been with me from the beginning These things I have spoken to you That you should not be made to stumble And you know, Jesus had just gotten Gotten through telling them about How much the world would hate them And how they weren't part of the world But he had chosen them out of the world and here he's saying I'm saying these things to you so that you don't stumble So, Because you, there's a chance You could stumble And you're not above reproach And you're not above falling or messing up Or anything And I'm letting you know Beforehand so that you don't stumble And in 16.2 it says They will put you out of the synagogues Out of the churches Yes, the time is coming That whoever kills you thinks that he offers God's service. That's exactly what they did, tried to do to Jesus when they tried to stone him because of what he proclaimed out of his mouth. The truth that he proclaimed, which they didn't believe, but he had to speak for had he not spoken what he said about being coming from the Father, he would have been a liar. But he only spoke what he knew. And he only spoke what he heard. And Jesus only spoke what he saw. It says, and these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. And you know, here's an interesting um, thought for all of you out there. The Bible says even the demons know and believe in God and fear. But do they know him? You know, I I work with, in this building in um, downtown Dallas with possibly a couple thousand people in it. And on the floor I sit, there's possibly up to like a 100 people plus. And I've met most of them, and I even talk to a lot of them daily. I even can remember some of their names, and I have a horrible memory when it comes to people's names. But I don't really know any of them. I know what they're like at work. I know what they're act like. I know I can sort of tell when they're in a good mood or in a bad mood, bad mood from being around them, but
1: I don't really know
0: them. I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know what their desires are, what their hopes and dreams and visions are. I don't know what it is inside of them that really makes their spirit ablaze, what they're passionate about. And I don't know any of those things. And so it's hard to say I really know them because I don't. They're still somewhat strangers to me. I mean, you can never convince me they're not real because I've met them and I know them to that degree. But as far as knowing what's in them and who they really are, I have no clue. And it would take a long time of talking to them over and over again and spending time with even one of them to ever get that kind of knowledge. You know, I have a twin brother who I've known my entire life, and I'm 36 years old now. And there's so many things I don't know about. It says in um, chapter 16, verse 4, These things I told you, I have told you that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. Now, but now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you ask, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. You know, the disciples are here and Jesus is talking about going away and their thoughts of are of him about to establish a kingdom for a thousand years and that they're gonna have some a part in it and they're and them and Jesus is they're just waiting any minute now, he's gonna snap his fingers and world peace is gonna break out and the whole world's gonna bow and worship him and they're thinking all this stuff is gonna happen like right now in this in the new heaven and new earth as it talks about in Revelation are going to fall from the sky and any is like any second now. Because they didn't understand and know the times That they were in And so when Jesus said he was going away They're immediately sad They're like okay You're the son of God Why are you going away Why are you leaving This is what you're here for And You know Jesus had to think But that's not what I'm here for You don't, you still don't understand the law and the prophets and what's written about the Son of Man that he must die and be crucified and resurrected and even Jesus said for this reason I have come forth He said in the garden Father if this cup can be taken away but if It cannot pass unless I drink it. If the last cup of prophecy can't be fulfilled unless I pick it up and drink it, your will be done. But they didn't understand that the greatest gift that Jesus could give to them or to us wasn't a new kingdom coming down And a new heaven and earth But it was The restoration And the life that we would have Through him And so he says But now I go away to him who sent me And none of you ask me where are you going But because I have said these things to you Sorrow has filled your heart Nevertheless I tell you the truth it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Can you really imagine that, what Jesus just said? You know, we, we go back into the Old Testament and God said, I know the thoughts I think for you, thoughts of good and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. You know, this father who said in Jeremiah in Jeremiah or he told Jeremiah, Before I formed you in the womb I knew you Before you were born, I sanctified you and ordained you and declared you a prophet to the nations. And for every one of us out there, God could look at every one of us and say, Before I knew you, Sean before I mean before you were born I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb before the molecules and the atoms started to take shape. Far before you breathed your first breath of air and your heart took its first beat, I knew you intimately. And you know, sometimes we don't believe that God has our best intentions at heart. I think if we always believed that, we would always follow him, knowing that whatever he was leading us into and whatever he wanted would always, always be far better than anything we can imagine for ourselves. The Bible says that eye is not seen, nor ear heard, nor is even entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. He said in Isaiah, my ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And here Jesus once again is saying, I know the thoughts I think of you. Thoughts of good and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. And while you want me to stay, you don't understand That it's to your advantage that I go Because if I don't go He cannot come And he says in verse 8 And when he has come He will convict the world of sin And of righteousness And of judgment Of sin Because they do not believe in me Of righteousness Because I go to my father And you see me no more Of judgment Because the ruler of this world Is judged You know the Holy Spirit Is constantly working In this earth And the world Begins to be convicted And they Like all people Have two choices Either repent Or to harden their heart Just like Pharaoh did Which God is luckily For them And for us long suffering As it says in Corinthians Not willing that any should perish But that all should come to repentance And so he's long suffering On man That they may turn That they may Change their hearts And give their hearts to Him. Jesus said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when He, the Spirit of Truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak on His own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you of things to come. You know, I love that. Whenever the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. You know, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father through me. And here, he's saying that the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, just like Jesus did with his Father. And so the Holy Spirit will come and not glorify himself, but will declare plainly from the Father God. It says in verse 14 He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it unto you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he will take of what is mine and declare it unto you. You know, Jesus is saying that this Holy Spirit will glorify me in revealing me to you. if you want to know Him, if you want to know Jesus. It's not something you can understand with human wisdom and human understanding. You can't sit down and draw out some formula that is going to explain God and explain Jesus and His love. Real knowledge and real understanding of who He is only comes from the revelation that comes from the Holy Spirit. With the Holy Spirit declaring Jesus. You know, the Bible says that Jesus said that any sin will be forgiven. Except the sin of grieving the Holy Spirit or blaspheming the Holy Spirit, which is significant. It's pretty much him saying, You can say whatever you want about me, and you can still be forgiven. You can say whatever you want about Father God, and you can still be forgiven. But oh, be careful that you don't blaspheme the Holy Spirit who has come into the world. And so the Holy Spirit's job upon the earth is to reveal Jesus to us, to declare unto us the heart of the Father. I wonder how many Christians are out there Who will look at the different gifts Of the Spirit The different Offices of ministry And look at the office Of a prophet and be like man That's got to be like the coolest Coolest gift Even Paul said I wish that you could all prophesy And they're like that's so awesome To be able to hear God talk to you And To be able to tell other people What God said But Everybody Has that ability Because everybody can have The Holy Spirit in their life And he will Not speak of himself But he will declare Jesus unto you And it says that The spirit of truth It says no one knows the mind of a man or the spirit of a, the mind of a man, but the spirit of man that's in him, and no one knows the Father except for the Spirit that comes from the Father, which is the Holy Spirit. Be yet far too often we teach, we treat him like he's an object, that he's something that you can give or take, and. You know, when I need to call upon the Holy Spirit, I'll call upon him. And then when I go through the rest of my day, I don't really have to worry about him. And he'll be fine with whatever I do. It's ironic that it says that our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. It says that we are being built together for a dwelling place of God and the Spirit. That the Father is building this church, this body, this Bride of Christ to be a dwelling place for His Spirit. But how often do we grieve Him with our actions? How often do we let our hearts and our minds be filled up with so many things that aren't Him? You know, I'm not trying to preach some holiness message to you that you can't watch TV or listen to music or you can't do anything. You know, in reality, you you can actually do pretty much anything you want. Paul said all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but I will not be run under the power of any." And so it reminds me of what Catherine Coleman said in this video where she said that there was a cost. People would look at her and they would see the glamour of the ministry and they'd be like, That's great, I want that. I want that kind of anointing on my life. I want I want people to come to a service I'm I'm hosting And have them be healed Before they even get in the auditorium And people to be on buses Trying to just travel here And then God touch them where they're at Or where I can walk through a building And have people slain in the spirit By the power The overwhelming power of God Without me even touching them And that's what I want Is I want that kind of anointing in my life But they don't see the cost behind it And the cost is that You can't get that kind of anointing By seeking after the anointing God will use anybody To reach the loss. God will use anybody To reach the loss Because he loves them So desperately And everybody Has a choice On how much they really want of him How much do they want of the father Do they want just a little bit Just to tide them over Where they can feel good inside About their relationship with God And they can feel secure in their salvation And that's fine And they can have that. But then there's something more. There's the life of the person who... You know, we, as Christians, use the term sold out a lot. And I don't really... Like that terminology because We can't really buy ourselves Buy or sell ourselves Because the Bible says We were already bought By the blood of Jesus Not with something corruptible Like the blood of bull of goats But by his own blood We've been purchased And declared to be perfect And holy In the sight of God Every one of us declared through his blood to be perfect, to be sanctified, righteous in the presence of God Almighty. I think the terminology I like more are people whose hearts have been conquered by him. people whose hearts have been laid waste and bare before him because they've started to get this revelation that this Yeshua, this God who's in an unapproachable life wants you to approach him. And it goes so far as to say boldly To come to the throne of grace In which we are accepted in a time of need To come boldly to the Father And so you You say that you want to have A relationship with God Paul said that I count counted all things lost for the for the for the knowledge for the excellence of the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ, that I may know Him, that I may know Him. Not that I know He's out there, but that I may know Him that I can get into that mystery of Christ. Not just the mystery that of who he is, but that I can touch his heart as he's touched mine. With that kind of relationship with the Father Only comes through the Holy Spirit Through this communion As the Bible says This communion of the Holy Spirit This relationship with the Holy Spirit As the disciples walked with Jesus And they observed what he did And they saw him do signs and wonders And they listened to them, And they followed him And even though the whole world Would ask questions of Jesus And Jesus would speak to them in parables But Jesus said unto you "Is been given to know The mysteries of the kingdom of God And so Jesus would speak to them plainly And declare things to them so they could understand And now the Holy Spirit's here To reveal to us the heart of the Father Jesus said he'll declare the things to come to you And he wants to declare to you the things of the Father The heart of the Father To have a relationship with you To talk to you To lead you and guide you into all truth The Bible says in First John That you don't need anybody to teach you Because the same Holy Spirit That dwells in you Will teach you concerning all things It's an amazing verse Imagine never going to church. Never listening to another sermon. But listening to the Holy Spirit. And I'm not saying you shouldn't go to church or listen to sermons, but even by going to churches, you can hear five million messages preached, but they won't change you, they won't manifest in your life those words won't become living without the Holy Spirit because it's him that makes everything alive it's him that brings forth this new life and quickens us it's him that opens up our eyes so that we can see Even if for the first time The spirit realm If you will That we can see Into the spirit And become worshipers of God Not based on our own emotions And not based on what our thoughts are At the moment And not based on what we feel is an obligation But that we can begin to worship God in the spirit and in truth This is God is spirit And those who worship him Must worship him in spirit and in truth I wonder How many times we Go into worship Whether it's in a church service Or in our car And we, we, we say the words And we can be ecstatic when we say them And emotional and crying when we say them But is it really worship Or is it just us saying words are the words just things that are coming out of our mouth and being agreed upon by our thoughts or are they pouring out of our spirit because everything inside of you is in awe of who he is says as the words, hallelujah, and holy, and worship don't become words, but they become expressions of your heart toward God. You know, we can talk about healing on this show, and God will heal people because his word declares it, because Jesus died on the cross and it says by his stripes we're healed. Just like salvation and eternal life, healing is a right of God's children, and not only God's children, because you know Jesus told a lot of people who didn't have any clue who he was. But as always Jesus would look on people and be moved with compassion. Just like we can go into the world And see people who never Heard the name of Jesus And we can still walk up to him and pray for them And be like here This is from God Because he loves you And he wants you to be made whole And you know, the Bible says The goodness of God Leads them to repentance Paul said I came to you In my preaching and Was not in persuasive words of human wisdom But in demonstration of the spirit and power That your faith wouldn't be in men But it would be in God But there's more Because when you get past the gifts And you get past the spectacular And when you get past the Things and the events that happen in life And all the amazing things that happen When you're walking in the spirit All the amazing things that happen When you're surrendered to God And you're obedient to the father And you do what he says And he does what he said he'll do If you do what he tells you to Like lay hands on the sick And they will recover When you get past all that Then there's more Because then sooner or later you're back Alone in your room And it's just you and him And there's no crowds of people There's nobody who has needs at those moments It's just you sitting with him And what happens then? Do you know him? Are you really friends with him? Are you really surrendered to him and willing to be led by him? And when he calls, do you answer? And do you believe that when you ask him, he'll talk to you? And when you pray, that he listens? The Bible says if we know that he hears us, we know we have the petitions we ask of him. But there's more than things we can ask for. There's just the contentment and the happiness and the joy. The everlasting gift of a relationship with him have a communion with this Holy Spirit. I heard someone say once in a service, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. You don't understand He's all that I have Because you find out that The Holy Spirit isn't a manifestation of your life in God Or of your walk with the Lord You find out that your life is a manifestation of your relationship with the Holy Spirit that he is your life and your communion is through him so that you become dependent upon him this has been Prayer International Radio it's uh, about 11 o'clock central time now so I'm going to go ahead and end the broadcast If you need prayer, you can email us at prayerinternational at com. Father, for all those who are listening, for myself as well, Daddy, please reveal to us your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, show us how real you are Reveal to us what it really means when it says that you dwell in us. Reveal to us what it means to be filled with your Spirit. Holy Spirit, forgive us for grieving you. Forgive us for anything that we've done that's offended you or has pushed you away. We desire, oh God, we desire to dwell with you and to have you dwell with us and in us. Holy Spirit, we desire to know you, that you would reveal to us Jesus, that you would breathe into us new life, that you would open our eyes and let us really see and give us revelation of who you are